So let's take our seats again as Ruth comes and brings us our reading from John's Gospel, and then Peter's going to share with us off the back of that. The Lord's Word today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. John testifies about Jesus. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas which when translated <clears throat> is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Last week, Paul brought us a message from Matthew's account of Jesus being baptised by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. As Jesus was coming out of the water, Matthew tells us at that moment heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Paul reminded us last week that as followers of the Lord Jesus, we need that same confirmation in our life. The Spirit confirming in our lives that we are beloved children of God and the Spirit empowering us for the work that we have to do in following the Lord Jesus. And Paul introduced us to the Methodist covenant prayer which he encouraged us to pray with him last week a commitment of ourselves to God and to serve God in the coming year. 
And this morning we are looking again at John the Baptist. Sometime after Jesus' baptism, John saw Jesus walking along, presumably by the River Jordan, and he pointed out the Lord Jesus to his disciples and to those who perhaps gathered to be baptised by John. And he pointed him out to them, saying, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And put yourself in the shoes for a moment of those Jewish hearers who heard John say of the Lord Jesus that he was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. What would they have understood by these words? Perhaps they would have thought of the sacrifices of the Old Testament, the many lambs and other animals that were killed and their blood shed for the atonement of sin. Or maybe they would have thought of that occasion when Abraham was told to sacrifice his son Isaac. And as he took his son to the place of sacrifice, Isaac asked him, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham, you remember, answered his son, the Lord himself will provide the lamb. And John is saying, here is the lamb which God has provided in your place to take away your sin. And not yours alone, but the sin of the whole world. Or perhaps they'd thought of Passover. Perhaps they'd thought of the time when, year by year, they would remember how all those years ago when they were in slavery in Egypt, God commanded each household to take a lamb and to sacrifice that lamb, to kill that lamb, and to take the blood and paint it around the doorposts and the lintel of their houses. Because God was coming that night in judgment. And when God came in judgment that night, there was a death in every household in Egypt. In the household of the Egyptians, the death of the firstborn. And in the household of the Israelites, the death of the lamb which had died in their place. And John is saying, here is the lamb of God who saves you from the wrath to come, through whom your sins are forgiven. Or perhaps they thought of that enigmatic, enigmatic passage, enigmatic to them, in the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth. This, says John the Baptist, pointing to Jesus, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Perhaps we could have... Thank you. Thank you very much. And not only that, not only does he say that Jesus is the one who can take away their sin, but he says also that Jesus will baptise with the Holy Spirit. Just as the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism to empower him for ministry. So says John, here is one who having received that spirit will pour out that spirit on others. He will baptise with the Holy Spirit. He will pour out his spirit on you that you too may be equipped for the ministry to which God is calling you. If you prayed that covenant prayer last week, I wonder how you felt as you said those words. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. I'm sure you were aware, as I was very aware last week, as we said those words, that we could not live up to the things we were saying except by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the risen Lord Jesus, living within us and through us and enabling us to be the people that he would have us be. We read in our passage that the next day after John had first pointed out that Jesus is the Lamb of God, he sees Jesus again walking beside the river. 
And he says to his disciples, look, the Lamb of God. And this time, two of them follow Jesus. They're walking after Jesus, perhaps walking quickly to catch him up. And Jesus turns round and says, what do you want? I don't think they knew quite how to reply to him. But what they do want is to learn more of Jesus. And so they ask Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. They want to spend time with Jesus. They refer to him as rabbi, teacher. They want to sit at his feet and learn of him. And that's what they do. They spend the rest of the day with him. We can only begin to imagine the conversations that took place as Jesus speaks to them and teaches them something of himself. Come and see. And that's what they did. One of them is Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he has not only gone to, to spend time with Jesus, he has seen. He has seen something of who Jesus is. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-promised Saviour. And he's so excited, he goes immediately to find his brother Peter, or Simon. And he says to him, we have found the Messiah. But he's not content just to tell Peter about Jesus. He wants to take him to see Jesus. He wants to take him to Jesus. And so it is that Simon receives his new name, Peter, Rock. And what's the message for the, from this for us today? You may have noticed that the graphics I've used this morning are stained glass windows. Churches were often filled with stained glass windows. We haven't got a lot of that in here. We've got a lovely one there. But stained glass windows were designed to point people to Jesus and did something of a job at that. But most importantly, we are to be a people who point people to Jesus. We are to be living signposts that point to Jesus. Just as John pointed those around him to the Lord Jesus, saying, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And just as Andrew pointed his brother to Jesus and took him to Jesus, so we are to be those who point others to Jesus and take them to him, pointing others to Jesus as the one who can take away our sin, our guilt, our shame, and can give us hope and new life. We are to direct others to Christ. 
How are we to do that? Well, the first thing is, if we are to direct others to the Lord Jesus, we must know him ourselves. Some years ago, our family were on holiday in the south of Cornwall. It was an area we didn't know very much, and our daughter, our eldest daughter, had come to spend some time with us on holiday. And one day we decided that what we wanted to do was drive out along the coast road and look at the coast. And so in two cars, we were in the front car and our daughter in the car behind, we set out along what we thought was the coast road. We went down a narrow lane towards the coast and then found ourselves ending up at a little beach but you couldn't drive along the coast. It wasn't the road we were looking for. And so our daughter, our eldest daughter, with the bravado which is always hers, said, I'll show you the way, follow me. And getting back in our cars, we followed her. And she took us back along another road and another cul-de-sac which got to a little village and we couldn't get through it for the crowds that were there. And we used to tease her from then on with this kind of family joke. I'll show you the way, follow me. It was a bit of fun, but it's not fun when it comes to showing people the way to life. If we're going to show them the way to life, life in all its fullness, freedom from sin and shame, the way to eternal life, we have to know Christ ourselves. For you can't sell what you don't have, as one person, a colleague from Bible Society, used often to say. And all our knowledge of Christ needs to be made visible in the way we live. It needs to change and transform our lives. As we spend time with Jesus and as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, we are to become like him. And our lives in every part are to be signposts pointing others to Jesus. Just imagine the witness of a people who love one another as God has loved us in Christ. Just imagine the witness of a people who do not hold on to resentments and hurts but who forgive one another freely as God has forgiven us in Christ. Just imagine the witness of a people who are compassionate, who are kind, who are concerned for one another, a people who serve one another, not concerned for our reputation and for our standing, but concerned to bless those around us. 
Imagine the witness of such lives. We are to be such people who by our very lives point others to the Lord Jesus. And such lives will inevitably prompt questioning. People will want to know why we live like that, how we live like that. And we will be able to speak to them of Jesus. The one who, as we were singing a while ago, is at the centre of our lives. And the one who transforms our lives. Or if we're stuck for words and haven't got a lot that we can say, we can at least say this, come and see, come and see, come with us, come to church, come to the youth meetings, come and see, so that folk may come and find out more of Jesus. Come to Alpha, come with an open mind, come with a sceptical mind, but come and see. Come and find out for yourself more about the Lord Jesus and all the blessings that there are in him. Today's Mission Sunday. And in a while, Jamie will be sharing with us something of Haven Home and its work in India. And whenever I've heard anything of their work, I've been deeply moved by it and impressed by the way those people in their sacrificial lives and as a community concerned for others around them have spread the good news of Jesus. And as we listen to that in a while, may we think about how we as a community of God's people might touch those around us, the community here in Downend and beyond, with the good news of Jesus and his transforming power that others may learn of him and know of him. May God help us to be living signposts pointing others to Jesus who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, the hope for the world. May God help us, for his name's sake.